What's up, everyone? I'm Katherine Rudder, and you're listening to Life in the Fast Chain. This is a special episode because we have just announced the launch of Corda Enterprise. Eyes, eyes, eyes. The commercial distribution of Corda, R3's open source blockchain platform. So, we have our CTO, Richard Gendel Brown, on to discuss the Corda platform and why we chose to develop Corda Enterprise. Normally, we don't discuss only R3 and Corda, but that's what makes this episode so special. So, I will leave it to the professional and let's get right to it. Richard Gendel Brown, CTO, R3, how are you doing? Step into my office. I'm great. Good to see you, Catherine. And what an amazingly dead sound black office this is. I know. It makes you go a little crazy if you're in here for too long. So I won't hold you hostage, but it's crazy. The sound in here is pretty awesome. It's, it's amazing. Um, for, I guess those um, listening to the podcast can't see, but I'm in the, um, I'm, I'm in the New York office this week and I'm in the, um, in the recording studio and it's just a wall of padded black. It's like some sort of, uh, some sort of asylum. But I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, it's my insane asylum. Um, how's your week been going? It's been good, Catherine. So um, I've been um, been on the road um, visiting clients, um, uh, members and investors for the last week or so. So I arrived in New York yesterday. I'd been in Brazil and in Sao Paulo for the um, previous week. That looked um, amazing, that, um, that one conference with the big R3 booth. It was astonishing. So it was the CAB conference, which yeah. I'd never, I, I must admit, I'd not heard of it before. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's almost like maybe that you could think of it as the um, as the cyboss of, of, of Latin America or cyboss of, 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 of the Southern Hemisphere. I don't know, but it was it yeah. was huge. And it was just great to see just like, just to see how much energy there is in, in, in I guess, in the financial sector generally. But um, just the really interesting mix of, um, of global firms who were there. There's all the firms you'd expect, you know, IBM, Microsoft, AWS, you, know, you name them. Were all there, and yeah. then a whole a whole collection of you know of, of smaller firms, either Brazilian or or, um, or regional, but the almost like the pinch yourself moment for me was I was I was there with our, with our, with our local team um, and and um, so I was walking around with them who were introducing me to people like kind of feeling embarrassed that I couldn't speak Portuguese <laughs> and it just it just I just couldn't believe how many of these firms knew who our three were and how many of them were actually doing things with it how many business partners who had been on Corda training who were doing projects with clients some of them even had the Corda and R three logos on the backs of their business cards it was oh. a really really exciting time just to see you know just how much just how, how we seem to have captured the imagination of so many different firms and albeit this was a financial services conference but mm-hmm. a lot of these firms you know work across industry and as I guess I've written quite a few times now we never designed for it to be this way you know we did design quarter just for banking it was quite yeah. narrow quite parochial if you like and then we just discovered that all these other people had independently discovered it and we're using it for healthcare for um, insurance for oil and gas you, know, you name it um, and it's um, it's, and it's just it's just great to see that that almost like that validation of people who've independently discovered it and are using it and then Coming up to me, I mean, it sounds sounds really silly, but I was at a hackathon on um, on the on the Saturday morning, and somebody I'd never met who wasn't even known to our local team, so it gives a sense of you know, it gives a sense of this. Came up to me, and then you know, without even introducing himself, said, "Ah, you must, you're the R3 CTO. Can I just tell you how, how great your docs are? Um, I don't like the Java docs. I think you need to get more people to program in Java rather than Kotlin. But the docs themselves are great. You, you don't understand how good they are, wow. and, and that's." That's not something that you get every day, so it was it was it was pretty cool. That's so nice. I think one of the coolest things about R three and Corda is just the organic reach and like going to a place like Brazil. I've never been down there, but I, I can imagine going to a new place and just seeing the enthusiasm would be crazy. I 
I, that's like kind of heartwarming. I want to say, yeah, especially because you know we, we think blockchain is cool. We think there's yeah. certainly our view of it because you know there's so much there's so much hype out there, and I, I often I often worry about whether I need to take a stand because I see a lot of you know a lot of just clearly insane comments. You know, people saying blockchain will do things that is just manifestly absurd, and, yeah. and I worry. Um, you know, obviously I'm heads down with my team trying to get you know trying to get Corda to be the best possible platform it can be, so I mm-hmm. don't engage in these debates but when I see some some of the some of the silliness you know I'm thinking should I be taking a stand and saying oh, this doesn't make sense yeah. but 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 I say that because you know, if you strip away the hype you know, this shouldn't be exciting you know, this is about you know, this is you know, this is this is just software but but people do see the possibilities you know again it sounds mundane but being able to know for sure that what you see is what your counterpart sees that your that your systems are in perfect sync with your counterparts because of the things that then allows you to do the opportunities you can take because you know the data is correct. Um, you know, that pe- people, it's captured people's imagination, and it's, it's, it's great to see. Since you are here, let's talk a little bit about Corda Enterprise, because we just, and Corda Open Source, we just uh, released Corda Enterprise. So let's dive in a little bit. Like, why did we develop Corda Enterprise? It's a good question, because if you're a listener, you're probably thinking, well, hang on a sec, Richard's banged on for ages about how the, the winning platforms, the winning winning ecosystems are the open ones or the open source ones, mm-hmm. you know, given that whole, whole spiel. And then two seconds later, we're talking about Corda Enterprise, you know, what gives? So, so to understand that, you almost need to put yourself in the shoes of, 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 of the people who are trying to solve problems with blockchain, the people who are, go, who are live or who are going live. So imagine you are a, like a, an application developer, you know, a business network operator, if you like, or, or you're a participant in the network. Um, you, want, you, you have a business problem to solve. You have to get live. It requires counterparts to be going live at the same time. There's this collaborative sort of multi-party effort you have to, you have to, uh, to manage. And you need to know that the platform you're using is, um, is open because you need to know you've got freedom to exit. That getting locked into a proprietary vendor would just be, you know, it's, it would just be counter-strategic to any of those firms involved. Mm-hmm. So, so guess what? They the, the, the routine platforms they look at are one of the Hyperledger code bases, one of the enterprise Ethereum attempts, or um, or, or Corda. But and, and that and that's like that, that's that's the ecosystem answer. You need to have the open source platform as the as the standard for a business network or for for an application. Mm-hmm. But now imagine you're an individual participant. You've got you've got to get live. Now, if you're a smaller company or you're a company with a relatively um, simple IT estate, fine, just take the open source software. It's designed for production. It's designed to go live. People are live. People are in production with it. Mm-hmm. But some of the more complex clients, and certainly many of the ones we're dealing with, they have 50 years of IT legacy. They have really complicated um, rules in their networks. They've got really complicated IT estates. And 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 it often, and in many cases, requires specific design features in the platform. So to give an example, you know, some banks require that all their data is stored in a in a in a in an enterprise database such as SQL Server or Oracle. We need to support it, but to support it, we have to do certification. We um, often have to have a relationship with those firms themselves. So it, it costs money, and that certification is something that, on, that is ongoing. Um, similarly, these firms need to know that if the underlying hardware they're running on fails, that the node can be brought back to life. These firms often have really complicated network infrastructures where they've got this dilemma where they want to run their node 
worked really close to their applications because that's what they're trying to bring into sync. And yet the app, these applications, or rather the node, has to be accessible across the network and has to be able to access other nodes across the network. So mm-hmm. you have to resolve that tension. And the way you can resolve it is through a feature we've invented called the blockchain application firewall that allows you to run the Cordura Enterprise node deep in the data center and yet have a, have a, a small firewall component floating out into the network that kind of resolves that dilemma. Um, they need to know they've got 24-7 support. They need to know that if there's a specific feature they need adding that they can't do themselves and contribute through open source, there's a way to get it done. So there needs mm-hmm. to be a product management framework. So long story short, the, the base platform and the and the platform that anyone can go live with has to be open source, and it is. And that's why Cordura Open Source is a fully capable, fully production-ready platform. Some mm-hmm. firms, not all, some firms have specific requirements that go beyond that in the ways I've just described, specific database support, um, high availability, application firewall. So for them, we have a commercial distribution of Cordura Open Source. So we've taken the open source platform, we've added the support they need, the extra sort of the 24-7 helpline, some specific features, and then we can package that and sell it to them if they need it as Cordura Enterprise. And the, the good news is, because it has to be this way, these two things, Cordura Open Source, Cordura Enterprise, are 100% interoperable and compatible. And we think that that gets the best of both worlds. Totally. The, the open source horizontal platform that, um, that, that that's neutral and inclusive to all, and those who need these extra features because of the way their firms work, there's, there's there's an offering for them as well. And it's it's being received really warmly by our, by our clients. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So that's also why Corda Enterprise and Corda Open Source are so kind of special. I feel funny using that word, but it's true. So uh, can you talk a little bit about how it is special compared to Fabric and Ethereum and like what do they lack that Corda has other than a kick? But team. <laughs> so I need to be careful. I, I wrote a blog post a few weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago now, where I, I thought on I, interoperability. On I inter- reference it all the time. Yeah, on interoperability. Interoperability <laughs> doesn't sound that exciting. It sounds quite dull. I thought I would. I thought I was being quite visionary. I thought I was writing this this piece <laughs> about how amazing the world will be when there's a single global network of um, of quarter nodes. Mm-hmm. The point I was trying to make was no one talks about different Ethereum networks or really different Bitcoin networks. There's just, you know, the global Bitcoin network, the global Ethereum network. Sure, yeah. there have been forks, Bitcoin Classic, Ethereum Classic and so forth. But there's, you know, there's, there's a small number of large networks. And, and the point I was trying to make was that has to be the vision in the enterprise as well. You know, a single, to the largest extent possible, a single, open, um, global um, Transparently and openly governed um, network, but a mm-hmm. network nonetheless that that um, that means you don't end up with balkanization and islands of, of of assets that defeats the whole point. So, um, so that was the point I was trying to make. And Corda was designed for that from day one. Um, getting technical, the UTXO model, the the core architecture of Corda allows data to flow where it's needed, when it's needed, but not before. So you mm-hmm. can have different applications for different purposes, and then if they ever need to interoperate, the data can almost catch up and, and, and flow as required. Um, and, and the whole point of that blog post was that's what we're building, that's what will be announced very soon as, as Corda Network, and there will be a whole collection of, of governance and and um, and, 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 um, and so almost a foundation around that to make sure that no one party, including R3, make sure no one party can control it because it has to be yeah. operated by and for the participants. 
Mm-hmm. I say all that because in my <laughs> blog post, I kind of just made one or two of the comments about how maybe fabric wasn't designed for that, maybe, maybe. Quorum wasn't designed for that. <laughs> and yeah, I won't name them, but some individuals in those communities went absolutely nuts. Yeah, so I, you got a little hate. <laughs> yeah, so I need to. So I've apologized to some of them, and because I because I, I was trying to have a bit of fun, but I wasn't I wasn't yeah. trying to pick a fight because you know we certainly in the enterprise space, you know we we all have the same objective. We want and believe we, we believe the enterprise blockchain revolution is going to be transformational the space for us all to win and yeah. we and we and we need to support each other but at the same time you know we didn't design Corda for the fun of it we it, yeah. it's not it's not a me too of other platforms back to the point about um, you know in, in David's blog post Corda is compelling but strange it is different. Yeah. We thought really deeply about how would we get interoperability between Corda nodes. And between Corda nodes and other nodes, there's, there's two dimensions here. How would mm-hmm. we get interoperability? How would you do it with privacy, security, integration and interoperability with existing systems? You know, we did a lot of thinking, a lot of work on that. And as a result, it's not a derivative me too of some other platform. It's genuinely unique. Um, yeah. and, and that's what I was trying to get across. Um, but... Since you asked, why do I think <laughs> the other platforms can't do it? All that said. All that said. <laughs> um, it's... Um, it, it comes down to, I think there's only two ways to build a blockchain. You either build one that is compute-centric or one that's data-centric. Compute-centric mm-hmm. is effectively the Ethereum model where the thing that you're essentially doing is each node is pretending to be, um, the network is pretending to be a single computer and everybody cooperates to maintain that the state of that computer. Mm-hmm. And, and the end result of that is, um, and Fabric is, is similar, obviously, with one or two differences. The end result of that is it's really hard to partition the data in a way that gives you, um, gives you privacy at the same way as allowing assets to move. It's not impossible, but it's quite hard. Um, Corda's model is data-centric. Um, we're, we're trying to collaborate and come into consensus about specific pieces of data, specific facts. And that approach mm-hmm. allows data to move around, as I said, much more lazily, much more on demand, and is much more amenable to multiple applications on the same network. So it's kind of a technical argument. Um, I probably went a bit too far on the um, you know, on the competition side, but I genuinely believe <laughs> this idea of a single global interoperable network, openly governed, transparently governed, with different applications that can interoperate and different people can have different business models at the same time. That is the vision. We've been heavily inspired by the, you know, the open Ethereum network for that, but, but, but with a different architecture to meet the needs of, of business. It, we're completely convinced that's the right approach. And I think it is my job to call out when I think some other platforms don't have that vision and therefore their architectures work differently and therefore they solve different problems. Yeah, definitely. I uh, want to point out, and I love that you do this, when you say something technical or you're about to say something technical, to be technical, or you say something and then you're like, mm, I'm going to explain that. So I'm sorry, I, I appreciate that. I hope that. that doesn't come across as patronizing because no, it's not I, the intent. <laughs> I was going to ask you to explain. So oh, I just learned about compute-centric and data-centric things. <laughs> Yeah, so I need to write a blog post about this, and I'd be interested. I mean, I know we get a lot. Of, we get a lot of people listening to this this podcast, so I'll be so interested. Many millions. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's more. It's, more people than I thought. Yeah, there's a ton of people listening to it, but not millions. Anyways, continue. <laughs> tens of millions. Uh, the, the I should put a blog post out because. Um, I, I could be wrong. Maybe there's more than two ways of building them, but maybe the way to go back to it is you know look at Bitcoin and look at Ethereum. Mm-hmm. Bitcoin, the thing that 
if you look at the, the underlying architecture is is, is 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 outputs. There's there's these little chunks of data that mm-hmm. um, in Bitcoin they're just a number. You know how many how many bitcoins or how many satoshis are, are owned by somebody, and mm-hmm. the and the the whole the whole purpose of that network is to make sure that, um, that these these data records um, can be changed only by those who are authorized to because you own the key. And 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 the way it works is there's a data record that says you know this key that maybe Richard owns has half a bitcoin, and the transaction will say right that's been spent it doesn't exist anymore and it's been replaced by you know, 0.25 that's now owned by Catherine and 0.25 that's now owned by Richard so mm-hmm. there's there's like little it's almost like little pieces of paper little ownership records little chunks of paper that yeah. um that that almost you imagine them sitting in a filing cabinet and the whole purpose of a transaction is to pull one of these one or more of these pieces of paper out and say right those things aren't current anymore we're going to replace them with some new pieces of paper with new names on them and the rules just make sure that you've not like that the, the, the numbers add up you know there's the, there's the same number of bitcoin at the end as at the beginning Mm-hmm. So I, I say this data centric because every transaction references some specific facts. You know, the Bitcoin owned by Richard, the Bitcoin owned by so and so, and replaces them with new facts. Um, and and Corda takes that idea and just takes it, just basically just, just just sticks a turbocharger on it. So it says this isn't just about bitcoins and numbers. These facts could be anything: complex yeah. legal agreements, complex data structures. But the core idea is it's it's almost like a big decentralized database. There's like millions, billions of rows. I have some of the rows. You have some of the rows. The system guarantees that if if we, if, 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 we, if we both have the same row it's guaranteed to be identical yeah. and, and the rule of the system is you know um, rows are never changed they're just sort of deleted and replaced by others and 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 the, the genius of this is I believe because because whenever you're updating a record the transaction tells the system which records you're referencing and what you're replacing them with so you know exactly what data you need to have on hand and you know what rules apply to update it so you can mm-hmm. process transactions in parallel and it means not everybody has to have the right the same data because the transaction tells you which data you need and if you don't have it you go get it from your peer so okay. so you can have a very sparsely populated view of the net, of the ledger but wherever your view overlaps with somebody else's you know you're in sync so that allows us to scale it allows us to do privacy it just like so you get so yeah. much for free from that design there's some complexities. You know, there's, it's a bit harder oh, to I'm reason sure. about. It's a bit harder to program with. But but that idea of just like a big filing cabinet of paper, and I've got a few sheets, you've got a few sheets, but if they've got the same reference number, they're identical. That's that's yeah. kind of the mental model. There's a different way of building them, which is building blockchains, which is, I guess, the Ethereum model, which is to say, you know what? Um, what we actually want is something a bit like a world computer. Imagine there was a big computer in the sky that um, that you could run programs on and you could then look at it to see what the answer was. So you could run any kind of, any kind of program you could like, but the, but this computer um, is decentralized. There's no one in control. Mm-hmm. So, and so the Ethereum answer is, and it's a quite clever answer, is what we'll do is we'll get everybody to run the same computer with the same programs and the same data on the basis is that well if you start with this if you start in the same place if you run this you've got the same data you run the same program if that program is deterministic so it always gives the same answer to the same data you know if I run the program you run the program on the same data with the same data you get the same answer um, and so and so and so you so you get the you get this the, the output the output is like a global computer where I can look at mine you look at yours we both see the same thing and we know we're in consensus yeah the problem is because when you it's it, 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 it's very hard to partition this because when you run the program 
you don't know what it's going to do. You don't know what data it's going to read. Mm -hmm. You don't know what computation it's going to do. So you pretty much have to have all the data on hand because you because let's imagine the thing it said was you know the the output of this program is 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 how many how many data records there are. Well, mm -hmm. if you've got ten and I've got twenty, we'll get a different answer. So yeah. so you kind of need to have the same data in place. Um, so so the way they've solved that in 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 um, in, in fabric is to say well what we'll do is we'll break it into channels, which is like, like mini blockchains, mini computers, and and that's a bit like what they do with sharding or will do with the sharding in Ethereum. It's not bad. It's not wrong. It's just different. Yeah. Um, it works, but it's far less dynamic with respect to partitioning. So I've not done a particularly good job there, but I do think this idea of you know, you know a filing cabinet that has got different pieces of paper in, but when they, but but when they've got the same reference held by different people, they're guaranteed to be identical. That's yeah. that's one model, and another one like a big shared computer in the sky. Um, each of them can do the same thing, but the behavior from a performance scalability and partitioning perspective is very different, which is, um, yeah, which is why, you know, we, we, we deliberately took the strange but compelling um, culture yeah. approach for a reason. Yeah, yeah that's, those are very interesting visuals, but they do help me kind of sort out more why, why Corda was built the way it was built and... Um, my mind, I'm, there are so many things that have just been placed in my brain. <laughs> I, I, I'm really happy you explained all that. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, did, I didn't come here expecting to uh, to um, do, do an off-the-cuff um, attempt to describe those two different architectures. Maybe I need to do a blog post because I'm sure the listeners are going to be massively confused now. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah. you should. I, I will read it and I will reference it just as much as I read and reference your inter interoperability post. And if you're listening, Jerry... Or um, if you're listening, Jerry, uh, Brian, or Andrew, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. He's so nice and innocent. How can you be be rude to him? So let's talk a little bit about applications. Are there any applications that are live on Corda right now? Good question. Yeah, I was going to joke with a sort of sarcastic answer about how no, there's none at all. But but um, it, I was almost going to say the problem is there's too many, but you should never say that as a platform, um, <laughs> as, a, as, as, as someone, someone with, with a platform. But um, but just the, you know, the sheer number, the sheer amount of inbound we get right now, it, it's overwhelming at times. Yeah. So, so maybe just a few, a few examples. I'll go through them quickly. Um, um, so probably one that, um, probably one of the most famous ones is, is, is an application called um, Fusion Lendicom from a firm called Finastra. People may know it um, through the name of one of its um, one of its um, one of its predecessor companies, um, Mysis. Um, mm -hmm. you know, long story short, this is all about trying to massively improve the efficiency of the syndicated lending market. Um, you know, Google Lendicom, if you've if you've not heard about it, but this is almost a almost a perfect example of of the of the of, of, of a good use case for, for enterprise blockchain and for Corda in particular because it it relies on you know, good interoperability and integration with. Existing systems, in this case, a system called Loan IQ, point-to-point um, you know, -point connectivity, security, complex business logic, um, support for the JVM, Java languages, um, and you know, all the things for which Corda was designed. This is almost a perfect example. Yeah. And, um, and and I know there's a lot of people out there who who quite legitimately and, and rightfully ask, you know, what problem does 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 enterprise blockchain or DLT solve that couldn't be solved with a centralized database? And it's mm -hmm. a legitimate question. Because there are many use cases out there that um, not not that I see in the code ecosystem, because I try and stamp on them if I see them. But there's lots <laughs> of use cases out there that could be done with the database. Um, but this is a perfect example of you know why something genuinely new is happening. Because mm -hmm. what we have here in this market is it's a decentralized market already. You know, somebody who needs to borrow a lot of money for an infrastructure project, say, um, goes to a bank to help them raise it. No one firm has wants the risk of lending it to them, so a syndicate is formed, hence syndicated yep. lending. Um, quite a decentralized, organic. 
approach. These things have to be managed over a period of time, uh, but it's highly, highly inefficient. You know, emails, faxes, phone calls, you know, it's, it's a very archaic market. You could solve this information flow problem and data quality problem by putting in a centralized infrastructure with a centralized database, but that comes with a whole pile of, of downsides. There's costs, there's monopoly concerns, there's you know, all, all the reasons why centralized infrastructures are something that people are trying to get away from in, in some, some parts of the blockchain community. Um, the Lendicom solution goes with the grain of the syndicated lending market. It's decentralized. The information flows to those who need it. There is no central point of control. Um, it uses the point-to-point um, the -point lazy distribution, the provenance and smart contract capability of Corda um, in a way that doesn't introduce new third parties and works the way the market currently works, but will move it in the short term to far greater quality of data, which in the future will then enable a far more efficient market for secondary trading. So it will actually lower the costs. So when fully realized, the mm -hmm. cost of borrowing for large infrastructure projects and hence taxpayers will go down and, um, and hopefully it will be a more profitable business for the lenders at the same time which would be a sort of like a win-win-win so it's a you know, fascinating and really powerful project yeah Quickly, so a couple of others top of mind. Um, you know, recently, um, our co-founder um, Todd was um, was up at a, an oil and gas conference where our partner Guild One was presenting. And this is a kind of use case that you'd never, ever come up with if you were trying to do everything yourself. But the power of a platform, yeah. we don't have to do everything ourselves. It's, op it's, it's, it's the ecosystem who discovered the opportunities. So Guild One have, have, have identified and have implemented and are live with a solution that allows those, I think, in Canada with you know, mineral wealth, oil, oil and gas under the under their property. They're entitled to some share of royalties when it's extracted. This platform allows those claims to be tokenized, traded, and tracked. Um, you know, I never would have thought of that, but someone saw the opportunity, and, um, and, and it's live on Corda. Mm -hmm. and, then, um, and then maybe closer back to the financial world, um, you know, tokenized gold. So real gold, real gold issued by the Royal Canadian Mint with a firm called Tradewind Markets is live on Corda, you know, tokenized um, gold, tokenized assets, digital assets on, on the Corda platform. And they're, they're just three examples, but you know, there's, there's new ones coming out of the woodwork every day, it seems, right now. It's a really exciting time. Yeah, I was saying to uh, Chase, who I work with, before that it's so crazy how many different kinds of applications are being built on Corda. Um, like, how do you know all of them? And it's it's there are so many different things in different industries that are building on Corda that I find so interesting. So those are three really cool ones. There's also I know we've been involved with a bunch of different industries um, trying to create apps and. Uh, I had a family friend who told me that he had built a app for energy on Corda, and we didn't even know about it. They just reached out to us and said, oh, now we need support, or maybe we're looking into enterprise. And um, I just think it's really cool for the open source community. It's, it's it's a really good point. I mean, I um, um I have a reputation back in the dev team for being um being being really really militant on documentation. Um, you know, I think the um I like to think I'm a fairly easygoing manager, but I suspect <laughs> I suspect I inadvertently terrorise some of the team because whenever I see a pull request, I review all the pull requests. Not not down to the individual lines of co code for all the pull requests. You know, mm -hmm. we have quite a powerful and um, diligent peer review process, so I just spot check and, and make sure I'm yeah. familiar with where the platform is going at, at a code level but documentation pull requests I review them all and mm -hmm. um, and I'm militant not just on punctuation and grammar although anyone who knows me will know there are <laughs> few people more pedantic than I but the actual way it's written making sure that when we write the documentation it's from the perspective of the user and that if we state something we explain why it's important and what it means so that someone can read it and actually understand how the platform works um, you know we're really you know, we really take that seriously it's why that guy in Brazil came up to me I believe and told me unprompted that he likes the documentation but to your point it's 
it's also why there, I think there are so many people who are independently successful who we don't know about because mm -hmm. there's enough in the docs, there's enough in the quality of the code base that they're not constantly in encountering problems or dead ends that mean they've constantly got to phone us. Um, yeah. There's enough to help them succeed, which of course is the key to scaling because you know the whole point of a platform is you know most people who are using it you don't know anything about. It's just that you know when they're successful, you 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 um, you, you gain you you participate in some small part of that success. Yeah, definitely. Well, I don't want to hold you for too much longer because I'm pretty sure I've held you over three or four meetings. It's so crazy right now. Having Richard in the New York office is so funny. Have you even had a chance to like, get a sip of water? I feel like you walked down the hallway and someone's like, Richard, meet this person. Richard, come over here. <laughs> it's funny. I arrived, as you said, I flew in from, from Brazil yesterday morning. And I think before, and I, don't, I don't have a desk in New York. It's, it's hot desking, so I just find a space. Before I'd even found a space, I think I'd had four impromptu meetings before I'd even <laughs> oh taken off my jacket. God. But this is... I'm scared for you to leave the <laughs> <No>. studio. <laughs> but it's... But it's, but it's a sign that um, you know um, you, you have to as a startup you have to get the balance right between um, you know, focusing on your day job, which is leading the technology team in London, and, and obviously doing as much as I can to communicate what we're doing, but also getting out and seeing clients, seeing other parts of the firm. But of course, as a startup, and again, you know, back to sort of like recent events, we've got to be extraordinarily and are extraordinarily cost conscious. But yeah. there's often also a um, you have to get the balance right because it's so important to get the word spread out. And the message I get, you know, the, the feeling I get every time I visit the New York office or other R three offices. Is 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 you know, and you know I need to be out more because there's 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 so many people who um who we need to you know, we, we just need to spend time with so it's it's great being out here yeah and everyone's taking advantage of you being uh, in the city for sure uh, when you leave we'll all be very sad but I have <laughs> one last question just because I have you here um, and you can't escape while I'm actually recording so I've got you locked down let's talk a little bit about just the Corda network we don't have to go too much into it but if you'd like to just talk about what what that is yeah, so um, we we, I, we spoke earlier about the um, the universal interoperability blog post I put out and, and some mm -hmm. of the controversy in that, and, and that that was, that was a bit of fun. But you know, I, I, again, I, I, I kind of kind of regret some of the controversy. But but the point I was trying to make was, and, and again, maybe just to reemphasize this because I don't think everybody necessarily you know you've got to say something several times before it sinks in. Definitely it's, for me. Yeah, and, and I think for everyone, <laughs> including me, it's a, and you look at the so so let's take a step back. You know, you know, you know, I think there's a perception in some quarters that somehow at R3 um, that were sort of anti other blockchain platforms and it's just not the case you know mm -hmm. we're highly heavily inspired by many of them and as I've written you know, repeatedly the um, the vision of the public Ethereum network is it's amazing this single global network thousands and thousands you know, potentially more nodes running multiple applications that can interoperate and communicate is is like is, as I've said repeatedly is, is, is kind of like the right vision um, mm -hmm. what we tried to achieve I think what we have achieved with Corda is to say that same vision you know, multiple applications delivered and deployed by different parties with different reasons, with different business models and different incentives that can nevertheless coexist on the same network with common infrastructure, common identity, with interoperability so that assets gained in one context can move to another. That is the right vision. And with Corda, we came up with an open source platform, which we think, we believe, we hope has the right architecture to do so with scalability, privacy, interoperability, and ability to integrate all the stuff we talk about. So that's the design. That's what's mm -hmm. in the white paper. In hindsight, what I didn't do a good enough job on the intro white paper, and this was like a few years ago, was spelling out the implications. Because mm -hmm. you know, right in you know, right in that version, the first version of the white paper, it talked about you know, no islands of assets. You know, anyone can transact with anybody else for any purpose. Um, I've just reissued the white paper with um, with, a, with, a, with 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 a few corrections and a new chapter. And the new chapter is the Corda network. And what mm -hmm. it spells out is the implication of this design is Corda can be deployed as a single. If you want to 
to is a single huge global openly governed transparently governed network um, with a common layer of identity um, um, interoperable nodes that can run multiple different applications with lots of different business networks within that global network so the you know, sort of syndicated a network of syndicated um, lending participants a network of people transacting different types of digital cash so the vision of Corda network is we put in place the, the minimal common infrastructure needed to make this work and then a really rigorously defined um, governance process now governance sounds almost as tedious as interoperability <laughs> but, but, but think about it from the perspective of the participants if they don't believe this thing will be operated for their benefit and they will have sufficient control over it if they believe that it's controlled by a single entity or three or otherwise who in their right mind would ever think of using such a thing this thing has to be beyond the control of any one party it has mm-hmm. to be set up in such a way that it can be operated for the benefit of its participants but that's really hard because you don't know who the participants are going to be you have to anticipate how um, how requirements may change over time so we put a ton of work into what we think the right model is um, and now now the quarter enterprise is out and has been released and, and shipped um, the next thing we're going to be talking about is is quarter network and and our proposals for how it should be governed it's a proposal we want feedback from the community we want to get mm-hmm. this right so that we end up with a you know, an openly governed transparent global quarter network where no one party including our three where we cannot be um, a dominant or um, controlling player because you know as much as somebody might like to be sort of like the king of the world um, if, if unless you can prove that you are not going to be able to dominate or subvert this thing no one in the right mind will use it mm-hmm. and that's what this um, that's what this governance process is intended to, to make you know, make absolutely transparent yeah and I'm sure we're going to be hearing a lot more about Corda network in the future thank you so much for coming on yay Corda enterprise is out Corda open source is amazing you can pick one whichever <laughs> one you like and uh, I, I'm really happy that you came on and I'm so sorry for making you miss uh, probably 10 meetings no thank you so much Catherine <laughs> this is by far more fun than most of the meetings I was scheduled to have and this is probably far more impactful as well so thanks you so much could, for having me you could offend someone. He doesn't mean it. Thank you so much, Richard. Thanks, Catherine. Richard Gendel Brown, dropping knowledge as per usual. Thanks for listening to this special episode of Life in the Fast Chain. If you want to learn more about Corda Enterprise, go to r3.com slash Corda dash enterprise. There you will find a ton of information as well as a form to request access to a free trial. That's not going to last forever, so get on it, people. As always, if you want to learn more about Corda Open Source, visit corda.net. Thanks, bye.